Red Dad Poet Society. Trigger warning, mentions of suicide, addiction, and other sensitive topics. Hi. Hi, guys, and welcome to Dead Dead Dad Dad Poet Society. Society. (laughs) We're still off because we are once again recording on Zoom. Which is going to be a normal occurrence from now on, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, until I'm home. Um, Yeah, currently, Anna update, I'm in Slovenia, which is not Slovakia. It is its own country. It's like in between. Are they near each other? Like somewhat, it's like in between like Italy, Croatia, and Hungary. Okay. Um, and then and then Slovakia is kind of like more over there. Um, but yeah, it's beautiful. I'm at Lake Bled, literally a stunning place. And I'm staying with a friend in an Airbnb, so I get my own little space. I don't have for to free. And I, Lily, am still to this day in Providence, Rhode Island, and it's been raining for four days straight. And everybody on this godforsaken campus is deathly ill. So I know, except for Lily, but she's just given it to other people, so it's okay. Okay, I'm no, yeah, I I was sick for like three days, and I got everyone around me sick. So I just okay. I'm, but like that means that I'm the alpha, like in terms of you were no, like first. Lily's a super spreader. <laughs> see my cough okay anyway anyway um so happy birthday greg today's a very special holiday today's like literally like the day that you're listening to this we're recording this two days before but the day that you're listening to this september 27th or the day that we're putting this out is our dad's birthday which let's just talk about the coincidence of like Okay, if all days we picked Wednesdays to be our Very like random. podcast release dates, I don't know, even really know how we decided we that. We did it because we really wanted to put it out once we recorded and edited it, and it was Wednesday, the day I finished editing, we were like, let's just put it up. Right, and then, lo and behold, my dad's birthday falls on a Wednesday, so. Yeah, so basically, divine intervention. Let's, let's think on that one for a sec. I mean, yeah. one, like, one out of seven chances, like, yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty crazy. We kind of beat the odds. Um, beat what odd what do we how did we beat them well like one in seven is is that's not we beat the okay i just yeah i was yeah Um, yeah no that's i guess there's a way to phrase that but it's okay my bad um yeah so on this beautiful day of technically two days before dad's birthday do we have some yahoo news segments do we have Mm. some pop culture Actually, before the podcast, we always discuss what we're going to say, but we didn't because I feel like the first one is so obvious to me. Last night. Yeah. So I think they were on the same page here. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So yesterday, pictures were posted of Miss Taylor Allison Swift attending a Kansas City Chiefs game to cheer for Mr. Travis. I don't know his middle name. Kelsey? 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 Oh, that's his last name. That's his last name. She was sitting with his mom. She was cheering. Um, they did it. Then they walked out together and they drove away in an open top convertible, convertible with no security. This is like the and, craziest. And let's just talk about how crazy it is that this man went on a podcast and talked about her, which. I don't know. Okay. I was like, when I first heard about it, I was like, that's believable, I guess. But then when he went on the podcast, I was like, it's definitely not happening because Taylor wouldn't like be with someone who would go on a podcast and talk about her publicly. Never. But I guess after Joe Alwyn was like so dismissive and like did not give. He was like, Taylor Swift, her. who? Yeah, he's like, she's like, he was like, someone's like, literally, who, who is that? Someone's like, what's your favorite Taylor Swift song? You could just 
remember she wrote that song about you everyone knows that he's like I don't want to discuss that he's like she doesn't exist and her music is not part of my consciousness and Travis yeah. Kelsey's out here like attending her concerts being like call me Taylor so yeah. I'm happy for them I just think that Taylor Swift is such a psycho for like forming relationships with these men's moms so quickly if you go on a third date with Taylor Swift, she knows your mom. Like, <laughs> she will mom. be meeting your mother. She will be meeting your mother. They got Tom Hiddleston. Oh, yeah, the whole time you were, she was like, what do you think? Was, then why were you meeting his mother? What What is like, your excuse for meeting date. his mother? My mother, I'm sure, wishes I was more like that because she would love to meet any boy that I... But then she would never stop with. asking about them because if she really liked no, him, well, then she'd be like, whatever happened to him? That's why I don't introduce her to people because I mm. think I think I'll introduce her to someone possibly at the wedding, maybe at the birth of our first child. Um, yeah. <laughs> just kidding, mom. At the um, wedding, every time she tries to come up and talk to him, it's like, no, 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 no. You have other stuff to be doing, mom. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, she'll be very busy at the wedding. So probably like maybe the, the Sunday brunch afterwards would be like the Sunday brunch. time to do that. Maybe that, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean... I don't find him personally attractive, but he seems like a nice guy. He's talented. He's successful. Wait, sorry. Hold on. Did you just say, I don't find it personally attractive, but him. he seems like a nice guy? Oh, I thought you were saying that because he's a nice guy, you don't find him attractive. Oh, and no. I was like, you're no, so I, real. I like nice people sometimes. Um, No, I Horrid. personally, he's like not my type, but I think she was all smiley. She was like, woo, let's fucking go when they scored touchdowns. He's very talented. He's good at what he does. He doesn't seem like pretentious. He seems like he's already a Taylor Swift fan. I mean, that's like. And I saw a TikTok that was like usually at his games. He's like an asshole and he's super like rowdy and like um, super arrogant. And apparently he was like really shy. And like every time he like scored a touchdown, he was like, oh, like, wait, is he a quarterback? Yes, I think. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Sorry for the noise. I'm sitting outside and editing this podcast, but I need to issue a correction. He is a tight end, not a quarterback. I'm sorry to our mother that we know so little about football, but actually it's her fault because she never taught us. Okay. Or like, and he's like tuckies. He's doing the Debbie Ryan hair tuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so like, oh. <laughs> I know his outfit after the game crazy. was like a little crazy to me, but he's wearing like a two-piece like blue tie-dye, like top bottom matching with like crazy sunglasses. I don't know. I love how I mean, he brought his hair. His hair. I thought he was had a buzz cut. He kind of likes a buzz cut. I don't like it. Mm, yeah, I'm not a fan either. I don't know. Um, I, guess, I guess the last guy she was with was Maddie Healy, so it's like I was literally gonna say basically an upgrade. Oh my god! And then wait, the other thing that I think is so funny was Maddie Healy's um Twitter discourse oh, with yeah. so, Lucy. Our other Yahoo News were just picking it. Yeah, that was really funny. Yeah, you want to explain? Maddie Healy tweeted, which by the way, why did he only have thirty five thousand? Oh, because he keeps like making new Twitters. Yeah. He tweeted, like, told Lucy Dickus of famed band Boy Genius, whom both Anna and I are very big fans of. Yeah. Um, and we've also been, like, big fans of the 1975, although, like, we're not here to endorse Maddie Healy. Don't worry they about make, that. They make great music. He's a bad person. Yeah. Um, and Lucy Dickus, or no, he tweeted, like, oh, I told Lucy Dickus of Boy Genius that I wanted to start a band called Girl R-Word, opposite, well, some some use that as a slur to mean opposite of genius mm -hmm. um and she didn't like that idea or something no she, no he said i don't hear from her too much anymore. oh and then so, she tweeted back at him um you don't hear from me at all yeah and so at all this is somewhat significant because so <laughs> maddie healy of the 1975 he was basically making like a very insensitive joke with a slur about the boy genius band's name um and 
he was really, really, really close friends with Phoebe Bridgers. Like they hung out a lot. They did when music. we were when we were at the Eras tour, he was playing in her band. Yeah, when she so opened. they've made music together. Like they have a song together that's actually pretty good. Um, and they yeah, so he was like opening for her band. And when when Maddie was dating Taylor Swift, like they would hang out like a lot. And so it is a very like interesting thing because Lucy Dacus is Phoebe Bridger's best friend and Phoebe Bridger's part of Boy Genius. And Phoebe was kind of like Maddie's last mainstream like ally in the music industry along with like Jack Antonoff. And I feel like he has probably been like cut off from everyone now. Right. And I feel like he's just on like a full downward spiral. And honestly, okay. I feel really bad for my friend who's a really big Maddie Healy fan, but um she's always loved the controversial ones so True. i think she's fine she's yeah she yeah but now it's getting to the point where it's like anyway yeah. um but yeah i feel like this is going to be like our least understandable yahoo i was gonna corner. say like this is gonna be so unintelligible for if like you're not on 95 like, of people for these artists <laughs> um yeah i think even like my friends who are pretty culturally in touch are gonna be like what the fuck are you guys talking about yeah. so sorry if you have to listen to that i'm sure some people just skipped through it but that's yeah. okay. Um, yeah, we were just, that was just us gossip. This is really just, this is also just kind of our time to kind yeah, of like, yeah, like as sisters, recap our all of the pop so culture. Weird. Yeah, it's to recap all the pop culture things that are personally relevant to us. Yeah. So, yeah. and just be lucky that we didn't go on the Sophie Turner, Joe Jonas thing. But this, this is just Taylor Swift Corner now. And I have to say, Sophie Turner pap walking with Taylor Swift two nights in a row. Right. Okay, Joe Jonas files for divorce and files to keep the kids in the U.S. Sophie Turner goes to dinner with Taylor Swift. Next day, she sues for custody and, like, illegal, like, holding her kids basically hostage in the U.S. And apparently Joe, like, won't let her be with her kids. And then then the next night she goes to dinner with Taylor Swift again. So I feel like Taylor Swift lent her her lawyers. Like, I truly feel that. No, for real. Well, also, it's just, like, because, like, when they were a couple, Taylor Swift was, like, friends with both of them. And, like, because, well, Taylor Swift dated Joe Jonas when she was, like, 18. When she was, like, like, 17. I mean, apparently, Sophie Turner found out about the divorce from... The, from, yeah, from the press, which is insane. The press, which is, like, literally the most bizarre thing ever. I feel like more news is going to come out about this. But my main commentary is just that Taylor Swift and Sophie Turner look really hot together and... Taylor Swift definitely I truly in the bottom of my heart think that she is she's using Taylor's lawyers because Taylor's For lawyers sure. are really good also Sophie Turner's so young and that makes me uncomfortable but that's kind she's of like the point almost my age yeah well she's older than you she's 27 that's four years yeah but I'm about to be 24 so really it's like three years you like three okay <laughs> besides the point <laughs> she's my peer she's my peer okay she got married yeah. when she was my age that's true that's crazy. She was yeah. having babies. Yeah. She was having babies. Imagine if I had a baby right now. What, what yeah, would you do with a baby? I would take that baby away from you. Like a baby would just be like sitting over there. I'd be like, okay, there's a baby there. Like I wouldn't know what to do. No. So yeah, That's... someone would have to take that baby. You're going to have to have the most like paternal husband. Like he is going to have to be like so into babies. It's not even funny. No. It's like I say that I want to like, I want to like go part time in my job and like be like a really hands on mom. But I think once they're like two. I think with her a baby, like, what the fuck do I do with that? Like, it's just, like, a I small need you to have creature. I need you to have babies because I need my children to have cousins, number one. And number yes. two, I need to have nieces and nephews. Well, no, I, w- I want to have kids, but I just want, like, a five-year-old and up. I don't want, like, a baby. That's so funny. Carter said that they want, 
like a baby and then they want it to go away for a few years once it's like two so you're like the like I think like, like two is hard I think like once they're like little people it'd be fun once they're in preschool I think I enjoy their company preschool's like three years old Thomas our cut he's like he's like in preschool he's like two and a half I don't know how big babies are I don't know yeah I, what, it's very it, all of these things talk. are very confusing yeah once they can talk I'd be happy mm. before then it's just like a little wriggly worm and like they just lay there and you're like yay anyway oh sorry I'm just speaking of okay. birth and life and my father's birthday so birthdays birthdays well true so we actually recorded a couple episodes before this so it's gonna be out of order we're gonna be talking about like the day that we found out Sophie Turner and Joe Jonas were getting divorced like next week oh, so didn't even think okay. about that one it doesn't really matter like it, it doesn't Jeez. matter no one cares I think most people kind of like skim that part but um we want to do something nice for his birthday and the next episode is going to be incredibly sad and depressing um so we didn't want to release that on his birthday so we decided to do a more nice fun episode for his birthday so every year he wrote these very like long and reflective letters for our birthdays he'd write one for lily and one for me on our respective birthdays um and we were going to read one of lily's and one of mine unfortunately lily doesn't have any of hers available at the moment at school I have one for my 20th birthday and like it is so freaking lame like it's not even funny it was like hardly two pages which is really lame yeah well he wasn't like doing very well at that time so yeah my last one wasn't very good either (laughs) but so I really wanted to do my it's either my 20th or my 21st but I also don't have the full one they're all on this hard drive that like we have at home so but I did find my 19th in my email which I like and it's obviously like about me but I think that there's some cool stuff and some birthday stuff in there that we can yeah discuss. for sure yeah I also really want to someday read all of his like so he was really into making like invites yeah he would make really like silly funny invites that definitely were just for the parents because I was like three years old and he was like making very witty remarks about three-year-old birthdays so obviously that wasn't really for me it was more for like him and being funny um and I also found a bunch of he kept a lot of his like invites from like parties he threw in law school which is so funny but I also want to like I want to put it all together so when I'm when we're home we'll bet like we'll look for yeah. like the invitations that he yeah. made it's just we but. don't have the entire library because I am in Slovenia and Lily is in Rhode Island so and I cannot fill my entire dorm room with um stacks and stacks of papers that's so fair and that's valid and yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah so do you want me to start I can do the little like intro part sure you can start okay so there's a header that says to miss Anna Tristan Cork on her 19th birthday and so he starts it off my dearest wildcat slash pumpkin if you didn't know my university mascot was the wildcats so and then there's a footnote on wildcat that says one sorry by the way, about how these confounded, nasty, mouth-breeding buckeyes ended up sticking it to our beloved cats tonight. But take heart, my love. Not many can say they took a bus from Evanston to Indianapolis and back to see an unlikely Northwestern play the Big Ten Championship. And in fact, until this year, no one could say that. <laughs> Basically, my birthday was on the Big Ten Championship that Northwestern was playing. So for my 20, oh, sorry, so for my 19th birthday we just were on a bus to Indianapolis and I met two of my best friends on the bus that night. So honestly was worth it. In a departure from my typical approach to your annual birthday letter, I've decided this year to share with you 
not what I've been thinking about over the course of my life or since you were born or for months or for weeks or even just all day, but rather what's in my mind right now, right here in this moment. And what's in my mind is this very thing, the moment or lots of them. Love that. Living in the present. So true. Not really any of our strong suits if we're being honest. No, that's not a true, that's very true. We are not good at that. I do think it's funny though, because it's like obviously he spent a lot of time writing this. So he's like, I'm not even writing about what's in my head today. I'm writing what's in my head. I was like, yeah, right. Like that is such BS. Like already. (laughs) I'm like, I'm loving the sentiment, but like liar. I know he's such a little liar. It's okay. He he was a compulsive slash pathological liar. We even know. Um, usually with worse things than this, but you know. This oh my God. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Happy birthday, Dad. Okay. Okay. So then he says, "Okay, so it lately has dawned on me, and yes, you can still learn stuff at fifty-three, which should be especially encouraging to one if, like your father, one is a slow learner. That life, at its essence, is made up of a series of moments." And that these moments, if they are to be realized fully and applied well, oblige you to live in them as they unfold, as you make them, and as they happen to you. Footnote. (laughs) While a good number of people will tell you otherwise, some moments do happen to you. I mean, as opposed to being made by you. After all, you can't control what every moment is like. And there are plenty of folks to whom some, and even many moments, come as a complete surprise, not at all of their own doing, and not always a happy surprise. End of footnote. <laughs> Reading these, we didn't even think about at the beginning of this, like how difficult it is to read my dad's writing out loud. Like it was really meant to be read. Um, and fine. You might say I'm talking about living in the moment, in quotes. I suppose, though, as you know, I seldom say anything like it's already been said. And sometimes, or perhaps usually, all right, always elect to take the hard way. I was going to say, like, that's literally exactly what you're saying. <laughs> um, Yeah. So much to unpack. <laughs> I mean, we're all bad at living the moment, especially dad. He's really bad at living the moment. So this is yeah. Crazy. Well, it's something that I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm in this, like, contemplation and social action class, which is so brown. It's like meditation. And, like, we start every class and end every class with two minutes of moment of silence. And we, like, meditate. Fun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, meditate in class and stuff. And like, I'm, I've always really struggled with living in the moment. I think like a lot of like, I don't know, I remember like seeing this like years ago that was like, depression is living in the past and anxiety is living in the future. But I honestly think like, I am, I'm so one to either be like ruminating in the past or like so anxious about like the future. Um, And I think learning to like, even just like appreciate like where you are right now is really it's just like a difficult thing to do yeah I think traveling has really helped me with living in the moment because I think when you're just like living your life day to day like things everything's stressful and it's hard to like appreciate things but you know when you're traveling you always have moments of I'm never going to be here again I'm never going to see these people again so you do like have to reflect on the fact where like thing that you're living in is just that thing well, there's very, like, there's very little, like, mundane yeah. things happening to you. And, like, the first, like, week when I was home, everything seemed so amazing. I was going to the grocery store and, like, taking pictures. And I was like, this is crazy. <laughs> I was, like, in my house, I was like, this is so cool. And then eventually, like, it wears off and it just becomes normal. But I I loved being home and, like, being like, this is the coolest thing ever, you know? But yeah, there are quotes about, like, being in the grocery store and, like, thinking about how, like, insane it is that you're in this, like, 
place with all these colorful fruits and like it's all like at your fingertips and like there's a lot there's a lot to appreciate I feel like every single study and like everything has always everything always comes back to like gratitude and like like writing like things you're grateful for and stuff but I do remember like a few years ago my therapist had me writing just like a few things a day that like I was grateful for that day and honestly it really did help my mental health so it's so annoying when like the cheesy thing I know they're like work out like go for a walk and and it's like yeah unfortunately it does I wish it didn't no working out is great for your mental health unfortunately which is like really upsetting no and it's so annoying because everyone says that and you're like shut the fuck up and then you do it yeah fuck no no one wants to hear that no 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 one wants wants to hear hear that that. it's just like unfortunate um but yeah and then so the footnote was interesting to me the idea that like people will tell you otherwise but some moments do happen to you as opposed to being made by you and like you can't control everything and like living in the moment you're not always going to be creating a moment like sometimes you're living in like a bad moment and there's nothing you can do about it um and I think that's something people don't talk about as much when you're trying to be like positive like live in the moment how do you exist in a terrible moment that you can't do anything about like well right it's not it's not just about like enjoying the good things and like but it's also about letting the bad things sit and letting those feelings and thoughts and fears kind of like you know not trying to like push them away right away which is another really big part of meditation you know it's not about trying to clear your mind it's about letting all of your thoughts float and not, you know, like picking a certain one and like staying on it. But I think living, yeah, living the moment doesn't just mean like savoring the good times. It also means living through the hard times, which like, I think a lot of, especially like with like phones and like, we live in like an attention economy. It's like very, very easy to try to numb ourselves from like hard things. Yeah. And we tend to be really uncomfortable with, sitting with our pain and sitting with boredom like I think boredom is like huge like I don't it's really difficult for me to tolerate boredom even same um and like Anna and I both like are people who are constantly being stimulated by some kind of usually like podcasts or mute like we aren't one about the Maddie Healy Lucy (laughs) yeah like we're usually engaging with some form of media like basically at all times yeah um And I think that obviously will like inevitably get in the way of experiencing life fully. Yeah. But like also I'm not trying to be like, I'm also not a big fan of like always trying to like maximize Maximize. your, maximize please. Oh my God. I'm not like one to be like, oh, we need to always be maximizing. Like not even, I'm not even saying that's like productivity, but like, oh, always doing, even like always what's doing like what's like, what you know is like best for you, quote unquote, because- At the end of the day, like, we are just trying to get through things and, like, we're not always able to fully feel all of our pain all the time because it's a lot and, like, that's okay. That's why we, like, smoke weed and, like, (laughs) go on our phones and scroll on TikTok because, like, we're doing what we can. Yeah. And I think it's, like, okay to take some time off from feeling everything I very much believe that feeling bad emotions is necessary. Putting them in a box isn't going to help. Like I like to journal. I like to write things down that helps me process. I like to go to therapy, but every so often, like you can't spend all of your time wallowing. I think my dad spent a lot of time feeling everything and that can be overwhelming sometimes. I think sitting with your pain is important, but at certain times you need to either like 
lay down and take a break from it, or you need to go stand up and do something. And that's easier said than done, obviously, when you have bad mental health. But I think if you're just perpetually sitting, staring at the wall, processing, you're never going, like, you could process forever. There's no end goal of processing. Me, when I'm perpetually sitting, staring at the wall, processing. Yeah. (laughs) And I don't know, like, I think it's such a hard balance sitting with pain versus wallowing in it. And it's something that I haven't like 100% figured out. I think I tend to distract myself, um, but I'm trying to do a better job of feeling what I feel. But then sometimes I'm like, I actually need to like go do something right now. So maybe it's just not the time to go feel what I feel. Yeah. (sighs) Okay, wait. Much to think about. (laughs) Oh, wait. Okay. So then we continue. As important and illuminating as it is for you to experience the moments in there now, on their terms. What likewise is crucial is how you bring your experience of each moment to bear on the next moment. There's an all but infinite array of responses to any given moment, good moments and bad moments, and you'll carry whatever response you had to the moment gone by. Whether you've responded with anger or absolution, callousness or compassion, resignation or resolve into the following one. And this response and what you consequently and consciously or unconsciously take away from the previous moment while heavily inform and inconsiderable instances will dictate your experience of the next moment and really all of the moments to come. We're getting like really like, like deep what into is, here. Sometimes like, what the hell is he saying? <laughs> <laughs> if you're thinking what the hell is he saying, just know that we've all had that. Just know that we're on the same page and we're with you. Yeah, um, we, like, we okay. understand that we will never understand, but we do understand this time. Like we understand that we understand and we understand you. Um. I remember when I first read this, I was like, what the fuck? I mean, I think this is like what we're talking about, like how you choose to process things, how you choose to react in a moment will inform what happens next. Yeah, I hate that. Oh, so annoying. It's, sort of it's like, like, oh, you can't control what, you can't control what happens to you, but you can control how you respond. Yeah, well, like, I just want to cry. Like, I don't know. I, I hate the idea of like, oh my God. Because, okay, it's always... I'm always a person who wants to control like everything and it's so irritating when it's like, well, you can't control that, but what can you control? And Well, what I can control, I don't want to control. And what I can't control, like it's all mixed up and it's really irritating because like I am supposed to, I am expected to be able to like control my emotional response to things when like I kind of wish that didn't really happen in the first place. So true. I think the idea that you know, you have to make the best out of a bad situation and it's easy to just get stuck on. Why is this happening in the first place? Like, I think it's kind of annoying that we're expected to make the best out of situations that are just like inherently bad. Like some situations, it's like, there's no best to make out of it. It's just not great. Or even like just to respond in like a logical way I know. or like in a way that is like quote unquote best for you. I know. Being expected to do what's best for you all the time is like, that seems unreasonable. It is unreasonable. I should just be able to do whatever I feel like. We should all, we all um, should be be able to have a little treat sometimes. So true. AKA be self-destructive. Agreed. I mean, James Taylor once said, if it feels nice, don't think twice. And (laughs) honestly, sometimes you need to experience like 
I don't know, the earthly pleasures of life. Like sometimes you need to eat a giant bowl of pasta or sometimes you need to like sleep for like 48 hours. A little bit of hedonism never hurt. A little bit of hedonism never hurt anyone. So true. Um, Okay. Except for all the people in like all the circles of hell that are about hedonism. But Okay. Well, good thing Jews don't believe in hell. So So don't even know where we got that one from. Dante's Inferno is fan fiction and that's okay. Uh, (laughs) It's Bible fan fiction. I mean like. No, I know. Um, But yes. If we are being like, if what we're saying doesn't make sense, what dad said also didn't really make sense. So yeah. we're so we're working with the material that we yeah. have. And like, you actually really can't blame us because we're possibly the two most intelligent girls in the world. True. If you ask we're my definitely dad. the most intelligent girls in the podcast. Well, that's, that's for certain. Yeah. Um, And if you think about it, like we this is we are within like our own cinematic universe um created by my dad in which like we are like the most wise um women in the world we're, we're since... the most wise, but we are also the most beautiful and, and the most, most beautiful interesting. and the most interesting and also the most charismatic um true funny like the funniest yeah definitely funniest coolest um, most magnetic yeah. people who have ever lived and this podcast exists within that cinematic universe and that's so, the reality that we are operating that, under yeah so if you like don't want to live in that reality like that's okay but i think that you can go there's other realities that exist and i think that maybe one of those would be a better choice for you yeah i think that you can find one that fits best um yeah. call her daddy for example very yeah. different cinematic universe yes. and if you, you want to live in a universe where like we don't respect ourselves as women and also celebrities get sent softball questions that their PR manager is set up and Oof. no one has to confront well, okay, anything they've actually, actually done. This is a total, yes, this is a total like side point, but it, I think that what irritates me the most about call her daddy isn't even like the whatever, like impact on feminism, which like they're trying, I think they're probably doing better now. No, I what think really, it's better than it used to be. What really bothers me about call her daddy the most is that they get the most controversial, like, celebrity because like people that you've been like dying to like talk about like the terrible thing they've done okay i'm pretty sure like this was like the girl who left claudia but i'm pretty sure she had like abby lee miller on there yeah she did that's sophia with an f that's but i'm saying like she used to be on call her daddy and then they literally like do not touch any of the controversy and it's like you know that people are only listening to hear about this like insane thing they did and then you're not going to talk about it and that to me is the most infuriating thing well, in the world. The reason why Call Her Daddy specifically, I guess also Sophia with an F, but more Call Her Daddy is able to get these mega celebrities that are like, why are they going on like a random blonde girls podcast? It's because publicists send them on there because it's like a long form interview, but they get to pick every single question they answer. Like every single question to run through the publicist. And even the publicist will like write up questions for Alex, whatever her name is, to ask. So, like, celebrities go there because they're like, I want to do a long-form interview, but I can't do it with, like, Diane Sawyer. Yeah, and then they're like, ask me real questions. And then, like, oh, my God, I can't believe you're, like, asking me about this. And I'm like, you're a liar. I would never normally talk about this. Like, I, Haley Bieber, definitely did not come on here to talk about Selena Gomez. But, I mean, and I never normally talk about this, but since you, Alex. Since you're asking. Since this random girl asked me. And then... This actually, this is totally a different point. This, this is just me talking shit about all the different podcasts I listen to. Never mind. Actually, by the way, I don't listen to Call Her Daddy. Yeah, I did go through a Call Her Daddy phase. But yeah, but I've listened to Call Her Daddy when like I really want to like hear this like insane celebrity uh, talk about their insane controversy, and then I've always been really disappointed. So I just listened to the Haley Bieber one. I listened to the Zayn Malik one because I was curious what the vibes were. Is there Zayn Malik? Is that how you say it? 
Um, I think, well, see, I'm not gonna, I'm, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Lily so. was the One Direction girl here, so. I was, but, um, it was really just because of Larry Stylinson and nothing else. True. It was mostly just the, the Wattpad. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Um, we're gonna continue. He says, then, assuming you're the sort who's inclined to be thoughtful and to examine your world and your habitation of it, and you are the sort. You're required to figure out whether the moments you've lived and the bundle of them, together with how you responded to and what you took from them, have entirely or adequately or at all revealed to the world what's central to you, what's at your core, who you are when your authentic self is attended to and valued and honored. You know, whether the constituent moments, constituted in their whole, amount to what you wanted your life to be. And if not what you wanted, then at least something worthy. If to no one other than you, having lived the life that happened anyway. Damn. He said, this is how you evaluate your life. I know. And I feel like he spent a lot of time evaluating his life. And so this is probably something he ruminated on for a long time. I don't know. I think that like, I do think that like having us was like definitely the most, I mean, he's also said this, but like, it's definitely like the most like important thing he's done in his life and like being a father and like raising us and stuff. Um, I think that like was his kind of like his comfort of being like, you know, I, I really did something. In the words of Taylor Swift, at least I did one thing right. <laughs> True. Actually, there's two things because we're two yeah. people kind of. Kind of. <laughs> it depends on who you ask. Yeah. <laughs> depends on who you ask. But um, yeah, I think the idea of like evaluating your own life and seeing if it reflects your values and like the core of who you are as a person which is so interesting that reminded me of your sun sign which is funny i was like the core of who you are that's how they describe sun signs in astrology i think Um, it's interesting because i feel like a lot of people have like their inner lives and they feel like what's inside them doesn't necessarily reflect the life they, they live they'd be like yeah like i'm a lawyer and i live here but like really in my brain this is how i feel and, and this think, is what I've always wanted to do. And this is like, you know, I've always wanted to like travel the world or which I think, I think he was really happy with where we were in life because I think that he like saw that we were both doing and like living very authentically to who we are. Yeah. I feel like the way I live life, the thing is everyone's multifaceted. So you obviously have to pick things. Like right. I feel like I'm traveling. I feel like you see my Instagram stories. I feel like I portray myself in a way that I feel like is very true to who I am. My traveling, the way that like I see things and like beautiful things and like I love aesthetically beautiful scenery and stuff, but I'll also like post like funny, silly things that I think are Mm, funny. Quirky. Quirky, but (laughs) there's other stuff I also really care about. I think the fact that I'm like not in school anymore feels weird to me because so much of who I am is, I don't want to say like I'm an intellectual, but I love to learn. I love to read. I love to have like intense converse like yeah i love to have like a good like spirited debate i mean i saw you reading the cool girl monologue to that guy on your instagram story True. like you're I'm still like, you're spreading the gospel i do i i like i make it work i did i made a guy sit with me in a hostel in croatia as i read the the entire like not from the movie like the the three minute cool girl monologue from the book gone girl um but i think that you know obviously you have to pick facets of yourself that you're going to prioritize like you can't live in a way where every single thing that you're interested in every single thing that you like is going to be all your number one priority and the thing that you're doing most because 
unless you only have one thing in life that just seems like it'd be difficult like you you're a boring loser who only has his is unifaceted is it monofaceted multifaceted monofaceted that's so crazy I think I mean I think a lot of it is just that like like some people like they're just really intense musicians and that's like their main thing right and that's that's, all they care about is like music and they go and like make music and that's amazing I think most people have like more than one thing but I think looking back if you can do your best to honor the things that are most important to you and like live through those things that is probably what you want to be doing you're welcome career advice <laughs> so true I mean not career advice because I'm like backpacking the world and no yeah I would like, love to find a job though that's I think we both I think Anna and I are both under the I mean I, I think Anna more than like Anna is kind of like I'll have a job that like does something good and stuff but it's not going to be like the thing that I'm doing that's like helping the world I think a lot of people have that yeah, I think I I used to want to like be Secretary of State or like <laughs> when she thought that that would help the... the world before she like went to college. Yeah, or Undersecretary to the Middle East, North Africa. I think as I get older, I realize that there's other ways to like live out my values and contribute to the world than having like a super high ranking job in which I'm in charge of a bunch of people and maybe like authorizing drone strikes on. Well, it's not capitalism doesn't really like allow for us to live out all of our passions and also really help people with like our paid careers that's not really how it works I want to have a job where I feel like fulfilled and like I'm doing something good in the world yeah um and that I'm doing something that I feel passionately about but I also have realized that I can't just rely on a job that is like paying me money for labor to express all of my values and interests and do everything that I feel like I need to do for other people in the world which which I think was a problem my dad had with like feeling like his like he had to like do something like really huge and like make a really big difference it's just a lot of pressure to put on yourself a lot of pressure to put on yourself yeah everyone does it differently I know people who have all different kinds of jobs and are living their best lives so it just depends but you know (laughs) you're welcome guys you're welcome guys (laughs) okay anyway my dad writes I have no idea as to what verdict in the cosmic arbiter will render on my own life or on yours, the moments of which so far are relatively few and are just now beginning to accumulate and to bounce off one another. That said, I firmly believe that I am wholly justified in liking your chances of coming out exceptionally favorably with the judge or the jury or both with a thoroughly awesome and satisfying verdict of winning the case, if you will, or if you simply insist that I round out what arguably is a hopelessly tortured metaphor, a propos of little to nothing before or after it. Okay, I think he might have been getting a little bit in the weeds here. I don't think there's like a judge or a jury that like decides if you, but I think that's just like so him, like mm-hmm. this idea of a judge or a jury that's like there to decide if you lived a what, like a meaningful life, a guess, positive yeah. life or a negative life. Like I think it's like a meaningful and like true to who you are life. Um, and I mean, like, you know, different religions, Greek mythology thinks that there's like a jury who decides where you go and Egyptians think they like weigh your heart to see if you've like done more good or bad. And, you know, I mean, Christians think that you go to heaven and I, yeah. God is like, you get to go here, you get to go to hell. I think he meant it like in a more more metaphorical sense, like as a reference to all of these things. And the idea that if there is some cosmic arbitrator, which like maybe that's you, maybe you are the master of your own universe. Your own master, yeah. Like, you know, how it's going to turn out. And I think he struggled a lot with feeling like he would not find like a favorable verdict 
But I don't know. That's something I, I don't really believe in like an afterlife like that where they like, I'm like, you go to the good place, you go to the bad place. But you know, I think that's like a hard thing to sit with. Shout out to all my friends with like Christian guilt slash fear. Trauma, religious trauma in general. Couldn't be me. I can't, like being raised with the idea of hell, I think is the most traumatizing thing you can put a child through. Imagine like, I just can't even imagine like telling like a five-year-old, like if you're mean to your brother, you're going to hell and you're going to burn for eternity. I know. Um, And my dad was, my dad was raised Catholic. So, you know. Well, kind of. Well, kind of, you know, he was raised with ideals. Religious, yeah. Yeah, but he was raised with ideals. Yeah, I think I have so many kinds of trauma, but I don't have religious trauma, which is a big one. So we're grateful for that one. You know, I spend a lot of time personally thinking about my dad and going back and forth, like, oh, like he was mostly good, or like he's whatever. Like I think, and that's kind of like a normal way to like think about your parents and think about the people in your life especially like people who have died I think it's you're like looking back on their life and their impact on yeah, your life and your interactions with them and you're like evaluating them in your head kind of yeah, like whether like you're what their legacy is like what whether they... you're purposely trying to do that or not um and like the only the only thing that really comforts me is it depends who you ask <laughs> like yeah. it's your your like especially yeah like your legacy is and this is like going back to like our realities are so subjective your legacy literally depends on like your legacy to whom like the Hamilton thing right like oh like my legacy and like a big scale and like people aren't talking about me in history textbooks like they like, talk about other founding fathers which like Loki like yes they were but anyway but it's like it's who it's who lives who dies who tells your story but also like it's not even like who tells your story who like knows your story like yeah. even if like even if we weren't making this podcast like we still like our dad still shaped our lives we know what happened with him we have these memories even if we're not like even if we weren't sharing them like that doesn't mean that it didn't happen yeah like I think part of the reason I wanted to do this is because I mean I know it's not about who's telling your story but I think that the way that people tell the story affects how people remember them and it's also that a lot of people like didn't know him but these stories will create some kind of impression on them that like could impact them in some ways so it's it is creating a legacy. I feel like we are creating a legacy. Well, we are, but I'm also, I'm saying like even if we didn't, like even if we yeah. didn't, we don't have to be doing like. So we're doing this for us first of all. We're doing this like so we can like you know reflect and also like look at you know feel like we're doing something for his legacy. And there's like a lot of reasons why we're doing this for us. We're doing this for the people who knew him. I know like Bob, one of his best friends, like has been. We've been talking about like you know he's kind of like oh you said that your dad was this and it's funny because I always saw him as this and like it's kind of like fun to be able to like parse through that compare our memories of him bob on the podcast we need bob on the podcast. we do we need bob on the pod um and then also yeah for the people who didn't know him like the people i know who are listening who just like you know maybe know us and just like think that something that we're saying is of some use or you know maybe that you've experienced grief and um it's helpful to hear other people talk about grief in a certain way maybe it's not even about my dad at all like i feel like there's so many different ways that talking about a person's life and their words can be helpful and useful and it doesn't I don't know there's just there's not and there's just not one I don't know there's not one way to look at it I guess agreed well put okay he writes anyway while I can't yet discern my or your ultimate truth which is capitalized again thanks Miss Corneal who's Miss Corneal I don't know (laughs) Okay, Miss Corneal, hit us up. Thanks, Miss Corneal. I do know this. 
the great abundance, much more than the overwhelming majority of my moments with you and the manner in which we together have carried those moments into our shared experience of the succeeding moments. And then the moments collected that so far have constituted our life together. Your splendid pumpkin to my adoring daddy only have filled me up and made me understand, made me certain actually, that life never lacks opportunities for love and grace. That on occasion it can be sublime and that it always, always is meaningful. Mm. That's gorge. <laughs> oh, it like made me start tearing up. That's gorge. Uh, I mean, yeah, like it's sometimes it's like really awesome. And even if it's not, it's always meaningful. I'm like, it, it always has meaning. It all has meaning. Yeah. I think especially I like that he says love and grace because I feel like so much of our relationship was giving grace. I mean, I don't want to like talk like I'm like a saint or anything, but I do think I gave him a lot <laughs> I mean... of grace. I think I spent a lot of time like extending grace to him. I feel like a lot of people gave grace to him in his life, but I think I probably very much was like, it's okay. Like everything is fine. And like, I'm always going to love you and care about you and like want to be around you even with all the bad stuff. And I think we learned that from mom. <laughs> yeah. And I definitely got that from mom and uh, you did that too, obviously too. But um, I don't know. I think extending grace is one of the most important things to me and I try to do that with as many people I meet as possible and I like have like I learned from those experiences I think that like my mom and I are both people who like have never been able to hold grudges ever Mm -hmm. even as a kid when I would get in fights with my friends it just like would never last for me I was just never the kind of person I can hold grudges on behalf of people but I can't hold grudges for myself um and I think yeah like also having like a a parent figure who's inadvertently hurt you a lot and you know done things that I don't know I haven't always like agreed with or liked um it's just something that like has always been a part of my life you know forgiveness forgiveness can you imagine (laughs) um we will do our Hamilton episode eventually guys (laughs) I, I think I think forgiveness is I don't know I don't I'm not saying like you should always like forgive everyone and like you should never like remember like when people like do as Taylor Swift said what is it you forgive you forget but you never let it go yeah I think I mean I like ended my eulogy for my dad what with I love him and I forgive him yeah I think that's the thing I think he felt like he had done too many things that can never be forgiven but like there's so many things he's done and even things that I found out after the fact of his death. But like, I will forgive him for anything. Like, I really do. Like, I really feel... Well, because that's what unconditional love is. Yeah. I love him so much unconditionally, like, still. And, like, I really do feel so much, like, peace in the fact that, I don't know, Ethel Kane said, if it's meant <laughs> to be, then it will be. I forgive it all as it comes back to me. And, like, I remember hearing that and I was on a plane and I was just hysterically crying. Like, she just repeats that over and over. And I was like... I forgive it all as it comes back to me. I just feel that so strongly with my dad. And like, I hope that's like part of the big reason why I want to believe in like something bigger. I hope he feels that. And I hope that he knows that. And I think that's something he really struggled with. And like, 
really yeah that's something I think that's something that like it's really hard when someone dies is like you want them to know certain things especially if like you didn't end on like yeah I know like I didn't end in like with like in a great place with my dad and it like that to me was like also I think like one of the biggest things like after he died was just like I hope that he knows I feel like the thing is I really feel like he does like I mean I have my little butterfly thing I had a butterfly like come and like um today you talked about this already I know but but today when I was walking one like came and then it it literally it literally bounced onto like my chest like where my heart is and then off like I feel like (laughs) I I, like I don't know and like I know that it's cheesy but like I really do feel like he knows and I feel like he knew too Anne and I have different like yeah feelings about the afterlife um yeah it's the way that it's the way that I get through things but for me the song that I listened like was like the song that I kept listening to after he died was All My Love by Noah Khan, which was like yeah. I never even heard that song before I sent it to her the day that dad died and died yeah was, yeah and like the line like that always when he says there ain't a drop of bad blood which like I don't know about all that yeah <laughs> but I think like you know it's uh, I, I've always been hyperbolic <laughs> um I don't know it's like yeah that that's the stuff that really like gets me emotional it all comes out in the wash. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was lovely. And <laughs> then he writes, thank you, my Bainey, for your gift to me on your birthday. I think my gift to him is just, I guess. <laughs> your existence. Yeah, I mean, kind of. Um, also, by the way, Bainey is not a typo. That was like an inside joke. He called me Bainey. I thought it was Banny. I said Bainey. Well, because it's like the, the bane of my existence. That's... Oh my god, I thought it was like banana. Oh no. No, it's because one time he was texting me and he meant to say baby, but he actually said baney. And he was like, well, it makes sense because you are the bane of my existence. <laughs> and he would just say that. Anyway. Finally, I need to note that it, of course, has occurred to me that this is the first birthday letter I've written you when you've not been with me, or at least near me, when I wrote it. I mean, in the geographical sense, as you and I never are truly far from one another. And the first one I've not sealed in an old-fashioned envelope with your name laser printed on it and handed to you in person. I've opted not to think about that. Instead, I'm thinking solely about how much I love you, how much I always have and always will, and maybe most apt in the context of this letter, how much I do right now in this moment. Okay, so he's totally thinking about that since he brought it up. Yeah. But whatever. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I think he was obsessed with that idea of like we're never far from each other. I know. And like that made me emotional because I feel like he's still close by. <laughs> like I feel that. <laughs> I don't know. I no, I no, it's not. Like that's just, that's such a normal, that's such a normal thing to feel. Like that's not like a weird thing to feel. I just like am so jaded. <laughs> not to quote more musicals, but the whole like you'll be with me like a hamper in my heart. Like I really do feel like if you like love someone. No, and I, I and I like, feel like with you and part of you. Like, but I think that's why it's been hard. Like, I I feel. I guess I felt very far from him before. He died. I always say like I feel closest to Dad, but I'm talking to you because like, you are so much a part of Dad, and like Dad is so much a part of you. Like I feel close yeah. to him. Through well, I you. feel like I feel like a lot of lots of parts of it. It's just like it. I don't know. It no, just I makes. Get it yeah but yeah just, like for me you are so much a part of him and he is so much a part of you yeah you know part of you pours out I mean these outlines from time to time 
Yeah. I need to make like a cut of all of the times that you like quoted songs. Look, here's my thing with song lyrics. The thing is, it's like someone has said it better than me before. Someone, ever, someone in the world has verbalized what I feel. So I might as well quote them and give them credits. Yeah, you're right. Oh my God, sorry. I'm like sniffling. I'm just like crying. Dad <laughs> would love if I was crying about him on his birthday. Like he never apologize that. for your tears. It's also Yom Kippur right now, by the way. Oh my god! I'm not fa- I'm not fasting this year because I don't. It fasting makes me evil and crazy, and um, it's not good for me. I'm not fasting but... this year because I'm in Slovenia and we were going on like some crazy hikes. But last year I was on a plane and it was like a terrible experience. So I I ended up fasting for almost 40 hours last year so I feel like I kind of like I, I like got my time in last year and I made up for it <laughs> god will forgive you god will forgive I'm, you. I'm going to services today so that's like that's like way more than I wanted to go to services but there's not an enti- there's not a single synagogue in the entire country of Slovenia that's crazy I mean you know I think the Nazis came through um, mm, right forgot about those guys it's like we're right below Austria like literally we're like on the border of Austria so I think you know and then Italy which is like which is like you know like obviously fascist and then Croatia which like collaborated with the Nazis and then Hungary where all the Jews died so okay just a little just wrapping it up Mm -hmm. okay so he says in closing per our now well-settled custom I'll repeat what I say every year and all the time please quit growing up so fast third footnote I said in my letter to you last year that this sentiment has never felt so urgent. Well, this year beats last year on that count by a solid stretch. And a footnote. And as I also never tire of saying, I love you beyond imagination and the stars. And then I love you even and evermore. Again, my brilliant and beautiful pumpkin, the happiest of happy birthdays to you, daddy. Um, Why is this year more urgent than last year? Wouldn't your 18th because... kind of feel more urgent? Yeah, but this year I was, like, off at college. Mm, real, It was also my last year of teenager down that I was about to be 20. Scary stuff. And now you're an old hag. <laughs> now I'm an old hag at 23. Why am I, like, not married? Well, he could see you now. He'd be so disappointed in the fact that I'm not, like, married with two children. <laughs> like Sophie Turner. <laughs> he, he would literally freak out. If I was married with two children, yes. If you were married with two children at 23, probably. Yeah. Sophie Turner, where we want to save you. Um... Yeah, no. Instead, I'm just gallivanting around Europe, staying in <laughs> hostels. So I was like, didn't your sister take a year off? And I was like, she's on her second. <laughs> yeah. Second year off. No, it's okay. We're slaying. She didn't get to go abroad, you guys. She's making up for it. Yeah, she's making up for, for two years. Oh, <laughs> uh, this is so bad. This is, like, actually bad. Sometimes I think about the fact where it's like, I'm going to be two years out of college and not have had, like, a real job. Like, that's so bad. Um, you're a podcaster. Podcasting Actually, is a hard work. Guys, everyone send this podcast to your friends so that we can make money off of it. Also, Wait, like, put it on your, put it on your resume. <laughs> I, I actually will put it on your resume. Also, I'm so serious, guys. Please, um, like rate and review, like write us reviews on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can only give us the stars. So do that. But also go to Apple Podcasts and like write us a review. Raving reviews. We want yeah. raving reviews. Yeah, that could help. We'll do a giveaway. Um... Of something. Of something. Do I, oh, who has a little bit of dad's ashes? Oh! <laughs> it's so funny. It's like when Carter's top surgery and they said that whoever donated to their top surgery fund would get 
um, a piece of their breast tissue. And like, someone was like, is that true? I was like, dude, whoever writes us a really, really good review on Apple Podcasts will be entered into a raffle. And then if you win, you'll get some of my dad's ashes. Yeah. And that's not a threat. That's a promise. <laughs> it's both. It's both. Um, it's both. So yeah, that is a plan. We'll get working on that. Um, also, just like you can also like text us or DM us reactions and we'll put up on the story and it'll be fine. Um, mm. Yeah, we're slaying. And <laughs> everyone, I hope that you slay. I hope that you slay. That's going to be our closing. We, no, we said that before and then we started doing that. I hope you slay. Like, I hope you dance. Yeah. We've literally been through yeah. this. Sorry mm. to our loyal listeners. I like don't know who <laughs> listens to this every time, except I have one friend who she always texts me. Like, yeah, I know someone like, the who day does. Of. So, yeah. people shout out to you guys. Shout out to you guys. Shout out to Ruby. <laughs> okay. 490L tic tac toe hippopotamus. SNI, Rona was making nasty parts of you, make you a road of you. Love you guys. Love you guys. Bye. Bye.